episode name. Uh, yeah, it's a trash episode. It's a, forget- it's a forgettable one for sure. Yeah. I think that's the one after he gets. Dude, there's actually a lot more mention of like how small within the books. Like they like they. I love how you look this up. Like this Bruh, is actually like your priority. Ravel Smallwood, she like spoke to. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. I just want to say thanks to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Erica Brighthill. Thanks for joining me and looking forward to your debut single, Cottage Party, dropping in the near future. I'll be looking forward for that. Now for episode 20 of Easy Conversations, I just want to say thanks a lot to everyone who's been tuning in every two weeks to listen. You know, I've been on a good run here. And now for this episode, I'm extremely excited to bring back two dare I say, fan favorite yes on the pod, making his league-leading third appearance on Easy Conversations, the homie D.I.G. Say what's up to the people. Good afternoon, everyone. And we're also bringing back the homie Connor Smallwood. Say what's up to the people. Hey, what's up, Sir Connor of House Smallwood? Who shouldn't be interrupted as much because we're not bringing his dad, Dean, along this time. So we'll see how this goes without Dean. So for this episode, we'll, we will be talking about the most anticipated show, I think, for the, when I speak, I speak for the three of us here in our lifetimes, is season eight of Game of Thrones, a show that has transcended the genre of television and has become a cultural phenomenon and has set the new standard for what, what TV greatness means. So I want to kick off our discussion with, Connor, I'll throw it out to you first, a brief outline of what you would like to see happen in season eight versus what you think will happen in season eight. That's so tough. Cause like with the show, you know that something crazy is going to happen and you expect a crazy twist, but I would really love to see those main characters survive as in like Jamie, uh, John, uh, Arya, Sansa, Daenerys. Like I want to see them still rule and still be like the main characters of the show. Unfortunately, I don't see many of them surviving. So yeah, that's that's gonna be tough. But I w- I think I would love to see like the whole Seven Kingdoms split up and uh, everybody kind of ruling their own part. You know? Okay. So. so to have the wheel be broken, as hey, you said. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Derek, and just wanna hop in there. I'd like to see some people die. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's watched Game of Thrones seasons one through seven has seen a lot of people die. Uh, we've had multiple conversations before in the past, and one of my favorite episodes is the Red Wedding. Mm, yeah. um, so I'd love to see similar things happen in the Battle of Winterfell. I think there's a lot of characters that uh, don't necessarily need to play a huge part in the conclusion of the story. Uh, Sansa Stark, <laughs> I hold no love for her. <laughs> she hasn't done a thing by herself, really. The only important thing that she's ever really done is manipulate Littlefinger for five minutes to get him to show up somewhere. So she hasn't done anything, and she is not worthy to survive. Okay. So, so Sansa's your first character, your main, your first main character you want to see get offed. Well, it's it's not happening that way because, like I said, she does nothing. So she's probably just gonna sit like in the hall of Winterfell while everyone else fights because she's useless, right? Mm-hmm. So um, uh, you could kill like a. Podrick maybe because he's actually in the combat um he's been in a lot of episodes and has played like 
a good secondary character, but he's not important by any means. So I think they're going to thin the herd at the beginning of the season so that they can really focus on like your John, Daenerys, Cersei, Jamie, like those characters, they've set up endings for those characters that we want to see fleshed out. Whereas people like Podrick, like just get rid of them kind of thing. Yeah. So the reason I threw it out to Connor first is because I think we're more in the same school of thought in that we don't really want to see all these characters die. Like ideally, I think for both of us, we want to see John and Daenerys rule at the end of the show. 100%. And yeah. if anybody's going to live, it's going to be Sansa. So. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I don't see Sansa dying yeah. personally. I agree. But that's not what I want to see. Because, okay. like I said, she's never involved in direct combat. So, like, she's not a warrior. She doesn't fight. So how is she going to die unless she gets killed? Like, like it's kind of like a stab in the back type thing. But who's going to kill her? Because no one has any beef with Sansa at this point, really. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I think that's going to change in Season 8. I think she's going to get a chance to fight a little bit. Not in the same way as Arya. I think this is a, a bold call on my part but i think that she's finally going to get a chance to wear some armor and actually stand up for herself whereas for the first six seasons for sure she's been passive been used raped she's had a rough go and i think she's finally going to get her chance to like i said stand up for herself and be a bit of a warrior not in the same way as Arya, but still i think she's going to kill at least one person and personally i would love to see her kill cersei that's something else I want to talk about with you guys is Cersei. Do you see her making it through the end of season eight alive? Again, it's another character where you don't want to see her live. I mean, I can't have the same hate for Sansa's Diggy over here, but for Cersei, like it's a character you definitely don't want to see live, but a character who you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, with the, uh, with the sparrows, I kind of thought she was going to be gone in that season. You know, I thought something was going to happen where she was maybe going to off herself. Like, she was done with kind of the uh, the shame she she had received during that season. But she comes out of it just fine and, like, even more powerful in her own sense, right? Yeah. So, it's somebody I don't want to see live, but I kind of... And I, honestly, I think this is when she will be off. It's the end of the show. It's about time she goes. But I wouldn't be surprised if she lives through it, is the thing. So, I agree with that. The- Basically, the way I think it's going to go is that Cersei needs to die because I can't picture Westeros being peaceful while Cersei Lannister lives. She's always going to be afraid of someone trying to take power from her, from her house. She's always been like conniving and trying to just eliminate people from day one, essentially. like That's how she was raised by Tywin. That's basic, that might as well be their family motto is kill or be killed. Like, yeah. So... But Sansa killing her, like, let's be honest. I feel like Cersei's pretty much forgotten about Sansa at this point. She's not even on her radar, like... No, I don't think so, because she thinks that Sansa had a hand in killing Joffrey, even though uh, Jaime told her that Olena confessed to killing Joffrey. Cersei cannot be convinced otherwise, I don't think. Shout out to Olena, because she's one of my favorite characters. Real OG, for sure. Going to your whole peaceful ending, though, like, there's no peaceful world with Cersei in it. I agree, but that's this show where it won't end peacefully at all. Like, I feel like there's, for me, there's a bit of an expectation where the show ends with people mad at the show. Like, nothing that, like, no satisfying ending. It's it's not peaceful at the end. I could see it ending like that, too. And in that case, Cersei's still alive. But do you really picture Cersei, like, ride, not riding off into the sunset, but you know what I mean. Like, you, like... 
you can't end it with Cersei. Yeah. Cersei needs to be ended. Yeah. Like, but she keeps finding a way to just stay, like yeah, you said, yeah, in sure, a position sure. of power. Like, I, I found she got off easy with the sparrows, to be honest. She just had her, yeah, walk of shame was rough for like seven minutes. But other than that, she's had it pretty good in the show. And her scene, like, I hate Cersei. I really hope that she finally dies in this season. But her scene where she blows up the sept is unreal. And I mean, can't in, be denied. In that season, moment. she finally sits on the Iron Throne yep. as like the sole ruler. Mm-hmm. So I. At the same time, I couldn't see her in season eight sitting back down on the Iron Throne. You know what I mean? As being the sole ruler without contest. So I think she's already had her her seat on the throne, and it's time for it to be destroyed. I hate to kill your vibe, but she's going to sit on it at the beginning okay, of the season. Okay, no, I got that. Like, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. No, no, for sure. But see, the thing that, like, to your point, Eric, is that she's been in so many situations where she should have died, but she's had, like, almost like an ace up her sleeve. Mm-hmm. So she's so conniving that she's able to manipulate manipulate her ways out of these situations. So she could very well slither away, but I just don't, that's not a fitting end for Cersei Lannister. I want her to like, almost similar to what happened to Olena where she was like, I accept my fate, but uh, I'm gonna drop an explicitive, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Cause she dropped the bomb right when she died, right? Yeah. So I picture Cersei like, She's not a fighter, so obviously she's not going to really like put up a, a fight per se. I feel like she's just going to accept her fate, similar to what happened. Uh, what was that season one when she's sitting on the throne with Tommen and they're Battle about of Blackwater? yeah, Battle of episode, yeah. sorry, yeah, season two Blackwater. So she was like ready. She was accepting her fate. They were about to. She was about to kill them. Yeah. So. I think it'll be something more similar to that. And they kind of hinted at that in the trailer too. It kind of looks like she's um, conceiving or conceding. Conceding, yeah. She already conceived, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, ideally, I, there's a, a plethora of characters who could kill Cersei. And I hope that she doesn't get away, she doesn't ride off into the sunset. There's Tyrion, Jaime, Arya, Sansa. Out of those four, who do you think is most likely to kill her if she is killed? Well, they mentioned in the books, you know, the whole priest, <laughs> the, the priest like that says. Yeah, uh, well, the, we also see that in the show in yeah, season exactly. five, episode one. The, right. That says uh, scene, she'll have three yeah. kids and they'll all die. In the books, that extends to saying that she'll be killed by her younger brother. Apparently, Jamie was born after her. They're twins, but apparently he's technically the younger brother. And then Tyrion's obviously the younger brother as well. I feel like it's too obvious to see Tyrion like finally like kill Cersei. And kind of get his way um he obviously doesn't like his sister but like i feel like he's had kind of opportunities to kill her and hasn't taken them mm-hmm. i i would more so see this show going with jamie who's been her lover through the whole series i can more so see them using him as the uh device to kill and finally take out cersei yeah and he's the one who's been more heartbroken by cersei like Tyrion, Tyrion and cersei have a really interesting relationship all their interactions even in season seven she easily could have had him killed but there's something about them that they still connect on some level. Even though they hate each other, I don't think that can be denied. She still didn't want to kill him, and he didn't want to kill her. No, agreed. It's almost like they're keeping each other alive for a certain purpose. Like, so one doesn't kill one, and then in the end, they get their revenge like in their grave, you know? Mm-hmm. And the other one dies from uh, some repercussions. But like you said, like Jamie, like it's been growing where it's like he finally gets back to Cersei. And ever since he's gotten back, it's been a rough road with her. And slowly, like, I feel like that relationship's been diminishing until we see at the end of season seven 
where he finally goes back in a way and who knows maybe when uh euron comes with the ships if there's a clash between the north and the south again um maybe you know she she orders him to be killed and he takes mm-hmm. that as a last straw i agree with the fact that jamie might be the one to do it because they're the only two that have had like such a close relationship throughout the entire show from beginning to end like they've always been so close in too many ways in my yeah. opinion but <laughs> so you have to kind of cap that off with like a penultimate moment and pronounce that right but that's okay <laughs> but you know what i mean like there there needs to be like that that last moment where you're like wow that's how they're ending those that that relationship like i just think that Maybe something's going to happen beforehand because obviously Jamie doesn't want to kill Cersei and Cersei does not want to kill Jamie. Cersei's never been one to kill her own family. It's it's her above everyone else then her family. Yeah. But that's kind of the Tywin in her also. Yeah, we see sure. the similarities between the two yeah. there. So, but like I think maybe something's going to happen with Tyrion. I don't think that all that two Lannisters are going to live. I don't think just one's going to die. I think maybe two of them are going to okay. die. I could very easily see something happening Tyrion will do something as he always does and gets himself in shit Mm. and then Cersei will have him killed imagine the mountain just stepping on him that would be brutal (sighs) that'd be a rough go but it's like it could happen like Tyrion's not someone who's gonna fight his way out of something he's not a great warrior although he kind of made it seem that way in uh, season five when he was there's that comedic scene with Jorah when they get captured Besides the point. But uh, I'm just saying, like, I feel like Tyrion's going to die. And I feel like Cersei's going to have a hand in it. Because she's tried before. She's tried before so many times. Yeah. Like, so like, I think she might actually be successful. That could be the coming of age story too, right? Where she's been trying for so long now to off Tyrion. Where, again, it finally happens. But I was just thinking while we were talking too. You could see like maybe like a... Because you brought up her sitting with Tommen on the throne at the Blackwater. Um, it could also be like maybe again a murder suicide kind of thing, but with Jamie and Cersei, like dying a in Romeo their... and Juliet yeah, style. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like it's more likely, in my opinion, that the twins die than Tyrion. I, I, I do believe that both of them, that two of them, will die, but I just don't think it's Tyrion. I think he ends up on the side of the ruler at the end, which <laughs> I think will hope will be Daenerys and Jon. And uh, Tyrion be their hand. Tyrion handed the king, Bronn, new lord of Casterly Rock. Hey! Tyrion, I hope Tyrion makes it to the end. He's, he's like one of my favorite characters, if not my most favorite character. And uh, he's just done a lot of good things for the show in terms of like killing Tywin. Like that was huge. Yep. He killed the most powerful man in Westeros. Yep. Like that has to stand 100%. for something. So if I want to see anyone make it to the end, like it should be him because... He's the best guy for the job of the hand of the king slash queen. And his character progression has been perfect, not rushed. We get him, we get to see him get a little stint at being the hand of the king while Tywin is away in season two, right? And we see his prowess as a military man at Battle of Blackwater, his ups and downs by being treated like shit by his family the whole time, having to deal with never getting the praise he deserves. And on the note of character progression, which character's arc have you been the most impressed with throughout the this, this series? I can start off if you want. Me, yeah, it has go, been go. Tyrion. I was going to keep mm-hmm. going on that point. Is that He starts off as a 
just a brothel, uh, hungry hound, essentially, just not taking life too seriously, just, he know, he's um, a bastard in his father's eyes, he keeps saying, that's his kind of his, um, the mantle he's adopted for himself, and he used it as armor against people who try to bring him down, and then, like I said, he's gone through the um, path as a ruler, essentially, he was taking care of everything at King's Landing while Tywin was away, while Joffrey was being the um, well, well, he was king, and then going through his trial, interacting with all these other characters. I think he has the best interactions with every character he interacts with. You can list off Varys, Bronn, Cersei, Jamie, Tywin, even him and Tywin have great interactions. Him and John, him and Daenerys, Jorah, he gets some personality out of that, like personality of a brick. That one, so it's just nice. Tyrion just interacts effortlessly with all these characters. And he's, yeah, he's just seen the most. They move him around so much for a reason because everyone wants to interact with him, really. Well, Tyrion has the most interactions in the show. Mm-hmm. I remember, did one of you tell me, or maybe I just saw it in a random video, but they counted like the interactions between characters, like more so main characters and like the secondary characters, and Tyrion interacts with the most people in the yeah, show. Yeah, makes sense. So, Yona, you go next. You stole my answer because Tyrion, like I said, like he's had such an incredible arc. Like you, like Connor just said, he's been so important in so many interactions. But one, th- I'll go with something else. Um, I really liked watching Joffrey transition into becoming the king. I know he died fairly early in the show, and it was like many years ago. But the actor w- played the role so well. He was so well written. Like I just really enjoyed watching him do well, this is going to sound kind of messed up but <laughs> i just like really i really enjoyed watching them push the envelope with him just when you thought he's he did something like crazy he did something worse mm. and it all kind of came to a peak right before he died mm-hmm. because like that what he was doing to Tyrion there was reprehensible and everyone who was there knew it but couldn't say anything about yeah. it but i just liked how he kind of like at the beginning he was just like a little shit and then he actually became like a nightmare for people. Phenomenal acting by Jack Gleason. Yeah. Shout out to the homie. <laughs> <laughs> no, his character was really cool. Because like you said, like it, he starts at a point where he's being controlled by Cersei the whole time. Right before he becomes king. And then as he moves into king, you see her start losing the grip on him. And then all of a sudden, like it's like nobody can control him. Whatever he says goes at the wedding when like all the crap is going on and he's trying to like torture Tyrion pretty much like everybody sits there in silence because they don't want to speak out on him because they don't know what he will do to them yeah and you see that's done on purpose the camera pans to every single character's face like Tywin is just watching this happen and allowing it to happen which is wild and you there's emotion on his face that he's like okay this is too much and for Tywin to show any well because he knows he can't at this point he's basically running the kingdom anyways because Joffrey's just going off Killing night workers, <laughs> the whores of uh, we can use explicits, I guess, in this episode because of the content we're discussing. But Tywin's comfortable with his position at that point, right? Yeah. So even more so after he dies, but he's not going to be the one to do it. I feel like he knows someone's going to off him at that point. It's just a matter of time. In that like in that setting, people kill people they don't like. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. So. And just, Somebody help that boy! <laughs> <laughs> it's gold. <laughs> it's just even crazy how they make like a character like 
like Rose, like the whore from Winterfell. Yeah. Like she was given a character progression. You kind of like grow to like yeah, like her for sure. in her little moments in the show, and then she's done dirty by Joffrey. Yeah. Right, like it's brutal. But, but what else are you gonna do with a character like that? 100%. But I, I see what you're saying for sure. Taking just a random character and yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, for me, like, I think Arya becomes a huge badass. But I'm honestly surprised um, neither because I knew. I mean, I know you both like Tyrion, but I'm surprised neither you said Jamie as well. His character progression is pretty unreal. I mean, he's a fucking scumbag. Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, facts. But he kind of starts. With like like Tyrion as kind of being that like that fuck boy like you know what I mean like that kind of that kind of look, um, or I guess with with Jamie was more like Prince Charming yeah kind of deal worse than Tyrion right yeah even worse and it's just kind of cool to see like how the like they do really well with the characters and like the costumes and the makeup and stuff to make the characters reflect all the hardships they've been through like Tyrion now has got a scar across his face he's got the beard he's got the like. The curly long hair now. He looks nothing like he did at the start. He the looks long, nothing blonde hair. Yeah, he looks nothing like like doesn't really look like royalty or anything. And like I know it's twenty nineteen and all, but he looks more like a man than he did before. Like he looks like a war man and everything like that. Like he's been through a lot. And then even with Jamie as well, like near the end of you know season seven, like he looks a lot rougher than he did. Yeah. He looks like he's aged a lot like compared to the very start and to the end. And they just did really well with, like, all the hardships he's been through and, like, everything he's learned of, especially him. Like, he's interacted with more people, I think, than Cersei. Like, different houses and everything, different families. So to see, like, his character progression and see almost, like, what he's learned of the world and of Westeros as the show continues and progresses is kind of cool as well. That's also because he's literally been to other places where Cersei's been confined to King's Landing. Yeah, but that's more so by choice for Cersei. I mean, I'm sure Jaime would have chose to stay there as well, but, like, military man as well, he went out to the front lines and everything, right? Mm -hmm. But that just goes to show it works to reinforce her us-versus-them mentality because she does not know the world at all. Whereas when Jaime starts to actually leave King's Landing and see what else is out there... He realized that her way of her idea of ruling just isn't realistic. And yeah, I agree 100%. His growth is one of the most shocking ones for me is back when I started watching the show, I hated him. But oh, then by sure. season three in season three, that's where he really starts to come around. Obviously, there starts with gets his hand chopped off and just going through those hardships. And, um, it's just pretty crazy when you come down to season seven and you actually see him like walk away from Cersei. Like for the first few seasons, you think that's not possible, especially at the start. You know their their lover relationship and everything, and then seeing like when he does get back, how hard and how like how much he missed Cersei when he was gone, and how hard he was trying to get back, and then how badly Cersei kind of like missed him and said like you know like you left me, and he's like well what was I supposed to do? But um, then come season seven and he chooses to walk away you know walk away from her knowing that he's probably going to be up against her at some point yeah so it's pretty crazy but it also goes to show that jamie's understanding what the bigger stakes are and that he's seen and understands the threat that's coming from the north right the 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 real only threat really and cersei's still just in that mindset about her family the dynasty that tywin talked about in the other seasons so it makes sense that he's actually joining forces with the good guys yeah and i'm very i was very happy when i found out that cersei was not going to be joining them because that's just an easy mm-hmm. cop out for her to just be like she knew that she was going to get murked by daenerys john all these characters so she's faking to join them i think that's way great. too way too scripted amongst many shows where 
the bad like come together you know so i like that that wasn't the case as well mm -hmm. um, Me too. when i saw when she when she agreed it was kind of like a bittersweet thing it's like okay cool like their war's on hold the war from the living and the dead is now on mm -hmm. but uh then when it turns around and she's actually stabbing them in the back it was kind of like ah that's the cersei we know yeah she's employing a tactic that peter baelish explained previously when um he was basically saying let the other two people fight and then we'll yeah. kill whoever's left because they'll be left weakened. Right. When Cersei saw that she only had the two dragons, she noticed it right away. She said something about yeah. it. Yeah. So she's already sensing the weakness in them. So I feel like she's m more scared of Daenerys than she is of the... Because she, she hasn't seen the Night King. Like, well, she, she saw the white that she brought, but she still that's doesn't... one, though. Yeah. She doesn't know how actually big they are, and I feel like she's underestimating them. And that's... Like, because she's seen Daenerys, she knows what her army's, how big it is. She has the numbers. She knows she has two dragons now. I feel like she's just going to wait and have that play out first. Because she doesn't, like, she knows their guys don't want to go up north. They're not trained to fight up there. They're trained yeah. to fight in the valleys and, like, the grasslands, right? Yeah. So they'd be fighting, like, uh, Winterfell has never been seized in, like, open combat, if you know what I mean, other mm -hmm. than the Battle of Bastards, but that's kind of different because they seized their own place back. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. never been taken by someone other than a Stark. The, from the south. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I feel like she knows that that's not a fight that they want to that they want to get into. Yeah. And if someone senses that Cersei is weak after that confrontation, like, let's say she goes there, she wins the fight somehow, and her forces are weakened from that, then someone's going to jump on that. She has a lot of enemies, and she's made a lot of enemies, and I'm sure there's some that we haven't even seen yet. People want the throne, right? And yeah. if they sense that someone who's on the throne is weak, they're going to chop that head and put it on a spike. So going back to my first question, how do you think that's all going to play out now? The way I see Season 8 starting off is I think it's going to be a cold open scene where we're going to see some White Walker lore, maybe even a flashback back in the day to get some backstory, more backstory on the Night King. And then we're going to cut to the Army of the Dead continuing its march down south, maybe even going through a village and just murking everyone there. And then theme song, boat, Daenerys and Jon rolling up to Winterfell, everyone reunites, blah, blah, blah. Then they're going to, which army are they going to deal with first? Is it going to be the Army of the Dead or is Cersei, are they going to fight Cersei first? Well, rolling, what do you think's gonna happen? Rolling back from what you just said there, I kind of find like the opening's gonna be a lot, like really hectic. The way it ends, it ends with them breaking down the wall, but we don't really see what happens after that. I feel like the start is gonna be something like, like just a lot of chaos at that castle. What castle was it? Eastwatch. Eastwatch. Yeah. Eastwatch by the sea. Um, so I feel like there's gonna be a lot more uh, chaos at the very start. Maybe seeing like. Um, Tormund and Beric like trying to figure out a way to get word out, you know, uh, get back to Winterfell or something like that. Maybe maybe Tormund rides back to Winterfell, gathers up some wi like wildlings on the way, kind of saying like get ready, like they're here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like maybe they thought they had a little more time, but obviously that was not the case when he came roaring down with the dragon. Also, they don't know they have a dragon. You know, like they. Well, no, I think they've seen it. Well, on when they're on top of the wall, because he the dragon took no, the wall down. They, that's what I'm saying. Eastwatch knows. Okay, but right. Else John knows. doesn't. Okay, gotcha, everybody gotcha. thinks it's dead. it's dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So it's gonna be kind of like a like a sad moment knowing that that dragon's kind of like alive and fighting against you now. 
So especially for Daenerys, she's right? just gonna hear that screech there. And yeah, look they're gonna up and, yeah they're yeah, gonna, gonna have that brutal. bad face for yeah. sure. Um, but I feel like it's gonna start with a lot of chaos and then theme song and then kind of what you were saying, riding down on the boat mm-hmm. or riding down King's Road, like we've kind of seen in the trailers and the previews and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, showing up at Winterfell. Oh, hey, John. Hey, Arya. Yeah. So and pick up kind of right where season I th- seven I think left it's picking off. up literally right where it left off. Okay. Yeah, just with chaos. It's hard to say, really, like, because it could go either way. And you know, regardless of how they're doing it, episode one's going to be fire. Oh, yeah. Literally. <laughs> so it's hard to predict. What I would like to see is I'd like to see, like, the chaotic opening. But then ease into like a slower paced ending for the first episode to kind of set up. Like I want to have an idea of where the season's going to go for the first part. Because I think that because there's six episodes, they're probably going to divide half of that for one fight, the living versus the dead, and then the throne. Mm-hmm. Which obviously the, the throne's going to come last. It's the game of thrones, not the game of the living versus the dead, right? So I think that they're going to end with the throne. I feel like they're not going to actually like kill the White Walkers because there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. They're not going to like completely eliminate them from the equation. I feel like they might like kind of maybe force them to like retreat because if the Night King is like standing there, one guy left, like he's not just going to die. Like, do you know what I mean? No, I feel like they're not ending that storyline right there. They're oh. leaving it open to future okay. endeavors. But in Game of Thrones, oh, they're going to win that battle. Then they're going to retreat, like lick their wounds kind of a little bit just to leave the door open for future wars with the dead yeah because it's happened before where they came and they pushed them back they didn't go over the wall right they still pushed them back they still retreated they didn't kill them then and there which we're gonna see in a spin-off series eventually but exactly so they have like they have some intelligence some sense of self-preservation so i feel like they are going to retreat at one point because that's gold if i'm gonna be honest the the whole white walker aspect of game of thrones so why would you end that now? You know what I mean? No, I agree, hundred percent. So, I feel like they they foreshadow a little bit with the fight though when um, they realize when you kill the White Walker, it takes out all the whites that it is commanding or that it brought back. So I'm not sure who pointed it out. Was it was it Tormund who said, you know, you kill you kill that? I'm pretty sure he said you kill that fucker and they all die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking about the Night King, right? Um, obviously, they couldn't get anywhere close to him at that fight, but um, I, I honestly could see like a one-on-one or some some sort of crazy fight, like the Night King, John, or some character. You know what I mean? Like, but like you said, I cannot see them taking out White Walkers from the show altogether. I cannot see that happening. Maybe another retreat. You know, the Wildlings stay on the south side of the wall. You know, everybody's like kind of happy. Um, peaceful at the end, but I don't see the White Walkers disappearing. They're they're a part of the show. They're a part of that world. They gotta stay there. That wall's there for a reason. I feel like it's gonna stay there. It's gonna be the border between kind of like the White Walkers and the living. Yeah. No, I like that for sure. And do you think that there's a possibility that that, that another wall might go up further south? Like we've seen in the promo for Season 8 of a battle happening on the Trident, which is where Robert killed Rhaegar. That's where the big battle happened in his rebellion. And it looked like another wall was going up there, maybe hinting that there's going to be a battle between the living and the dead there, pushing the boundaries further, maybe giving the undead more territory. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I didn't even think that. But yeah, like they're slowly backing up and backing mm-hmm. up. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe the fight with for the throne comes first in that sense, and then fight for the against the dead comes afterwards after they build the wall. But like you said, like it's Game of Thrones. It's got to end with that. But, to me, what I think the throne melting. But yeah, me too. That's the thing. I agree. Going back to your point about the seven kingdoms ruling, regulating themselves, that the Iron Throne it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's They've made it clear in the last season that it's about the living versus the dead. And this whole time they've been playing the wrong game. They've been saying it for the whole show. And I think that... Uh, I really don't know how they're going to handle it, but to me, the battle with the Night King has to be the biggest fight. Is the book series... A Song of Fire and Ice? Is yes. that what it's called? Yeah, okay, it's so called. if you look at it that way, like it makes a little more sense, right? Like a Song of Fire and Ice, it comes down to like the dead, the ice, the Night King and stuff, and the fire, which is kind of like the living. Mm, Game of Thrones is only the name of the first right. novel. It's yeah. not the name of the series. That's a goddamn stretch if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. Last, I don't know. Last episode, a Just Song of Fire, fire and, and Ice part. Yeah. Like. But... Um, yeah, last episode, it could be called A Song of Fire and Ice. I think so. I think Close that's the, the last title of the episode for sure. I disagree with you. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. Because so <laughs> many people have been through so much shit to sit on that throne. 100%. No, I get that. So, but then at the end, they'll realize that it doesn't matter because they've just the cleared the biggest but are threat they, of all. Are they going to be arrogant and think that they beat the dead? Because they fought the dead before obviously, mm-hmm. like the men have. Yeah. And they probably, th- they did think that they had quelled the threat. So then in that regard, then I think that they will kill all the undead, then just close that door. And then they'll, they'll have kept the door open for c- um, spinoff series that we're going to see, which I want to talk about later, but not now because it's too good. But um, yeah, no, I think they should kill. I want to see the Night King die as much as I love the Night King, top five character in my opinion. But uh, I think John versus Night King that's the biggest battle we're gonna see. John on his dragon, Night King on his. It's gonna I be f- unreal. I feel like that's kind of I don't want to say like anticlimactic, but like a dragon versus dragon fight would not be as cool in my opinion as seeing them like on the ground, like actually fighting. Because we got a taste of that mm-hmm. in a previous season when they were fighting, and that was like the coolest fighting scene that we've seen. So I'd like to see more of that. Like the dragons are cool and everything. And I, like, I love the dragons, but I don't want to see them have their final fight on a dragon. I would more so see the dragons kind of, like, trying to make sure nobody interferes with the fight. Mm-hmm. You know, like, shredding each other's armies on opposite side, and then it comes down to them, too, like, as the focus fighting. Yeah. While, like, everybody's getting burned up beside them. I think there's going to be a bit of both. Dragon on dragon battle, and then the final battle will be on the ground. Because I agree, yeah. like, that's the way the Night King should get killed, is by John in hand-to-hand combat. And, uh... Daenerys isn't fighting. I'm not going to make a bold claim here saying that she's going to be fighting, but she'll be on her dragon. That's why I think she's going to die. Because she's going to be right in the conflict, for sure. And she's not a warrior. She can't defend herself. She's never held a sword in the whole show. That's why I see a good old Georgia, a Jorah Mormont coming to an end <laughs> trying to protect her. Of course Jorah's going to die. What's he going to do? <laughs> yeah. Become like the king's guard or the queen's guard yeah. after? Like He's already... like. Kind of Very expendable, yeah, for sure. For sure for no sure. one cares about Jorah at this point. No. So 
Especially because John's in the picture now too, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. even more so because now you don't want to see Jorah and Daenerys kind of like end up as a thing, which yeah. I never well, really saw that. Nah. That was more of like a father daughter relationship to me. Yeah, if anything, not in his mind. Yeah, but oh, yeah, obviously not. But um, definitely with John in the picture, that's the ending we want to see. Mm-hmm. Not the ending you're gonna get. I would <laughs> stake my life on it. <laughs> I hope so. I'd take that bet. Well, I guess you'll have to take my head if they both live. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so that being said, which character do you think this season has a shot at surprising the audience the most? Because now we're down to the like, the core characters, really. Everyone who's still alive is going to play a big role, right? We've talked about this before. Why has Beric Dondarrion been brought back from the dead seven times? I think he's going to play a big role. I still think he's going to die. But I think that he's going to have a role in helping John Daenerys beat the Night King's army. Biggest surprise is going to be my man Howland Reed showing up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but I agree with your uh, Beric Daenerys. I don't know. He's dead for sure. He's he's 100% going to die. And I think he's going to die, obviously, like trying to protect somebody else or something. I don't know. Maybe he dies in the chaos at the wall at Eastwatch, getting tormented out of there. That's kind of like what I'm thinking is going to happen. Hundred percent. I think he's gonna go. I think he's gonna fight the Night King one on one, thinking that this is why I got brought back to life seven times. I'm going to kill the Night King now. Not gonna happen. Night King's gonna murk him. But they're gonna have a sol- a pretty solid fight. Yeah. Because as far as the audience is concerned, unless you're a super fan, you don't really know who this guy is. Like, who's this guy with the eye patch with the fire sword? Like, he's pretty <laughs> yeah. cool, but. I bet you my life, not many people actually know his name. No, if you say his name, they're like, wait, who's that again? Yeah. You know, and you'd have to explain all oh, the guy that's come back to life six exactly. times now. You know, but um, I don't know. I can't see him fight, fighting the Night King. I don't think he's of that much importance. I can see him fighting a, a, a White Walker for sure, but I don't think it'll be him versus the Night King. Um, somebody who we haven't mentioned just came to my head, Gendry. I feel like some big surprise is coming with Gendry mm-hmm. or um, possibly him forging some valyrian steel swords or you know casting the obsidian somehow the mm-hmm. the dragon glass making like real weapons for them like a dragon glass hammer possibly that yeah. was my character that i thought would have a shot at surprising the audience yeah, i'm I expecting mean, big things from him this season it's just kind of weird like how much emphasis they put on him being a blacksmith in my opinion really he's done nothing of great value being a blacksmith but it's always going back to him like when they find him back in uh what is that called? King's Landing? Shit's Creek Flea or whatever it's called. Uh, Flea Bottom? Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway, uh, Flea Bottom. Yeah, when, when they yeah. go back there, like um, they know exactly where to go. Davos knows exactly where to go to find mm-hmm. them. And it's back blacksmithing, right? So yeah. I don't know. I can see him doing doing some blacksmithing, at, maybe at Winterfell, you know, forging some, some weapons for them to actually use against the White Walkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I really like that they've kept his character around and what they've done with him because... All the great houses, like the main houses that are in the theme song, if you will, are all represented in the still in the final season, even though we've lost so many characters. So I just like that he's there to represent the Baratheon line. Well, yeah, he's the only Baratheon yeah. left, right? And like going back to the whole seven kingdoms ruling themselves, you know, you'll have like you'll have a Baratheon, you'll have a Lannister, have a Targaryen, have a Stark. Like that's kind of my my idea with it all. So yeah, I agree. We'll see. I don't think that the uh, Seven Kingdoms can survive by being 
like coexisting like you don't think they could coexist and mingle with each other they can't even coexist within themselves right now yeah, if you look at there's an a, iron throne though i think now you, the wheel's going to be broken there's going to be a new world order but everyone's going to want to be the ruler of that kingdom if you will like of their own kingdom yes of course because it'll be a, on a smaller scale there'll be uh, like kind of less danger, if you will, because you won't get smashed by six other kingdoms if you try and like invade one. Let's just say like, let's take the North. Like the Boltons, if they're gonna like kind of usurp the uh, Starks, then why would that not happen somewhere else? Like everyone is gonna want to have the biggest piece of the pie. That's how it is in that time, in that setting. People want to be the man because if you're mm-hmm. not the man, then you're no one. <laughs> well, it's a, like and like you just said there, it's you know you have the main house of the North, Warden of the North, Lord of the North, yep. King of the North, whatever. Starks, right? But you already we've already seen the Car Starks and the Umbers. I yep. think it was already go against them, join up with the Boltons. So who does to say you know the the King of the North at the time, whoever it is, if that's what happens, mm-hmm. does one thing that like all the houses are kind of like on disagreement of. All of a sudden, it takes one house to go to all the other Bannermen and be like. Let's just overthrow this guy, right? And then what's what's one house gonna do against like seven houses mm-hmm. in the north? So sure. I, I can see that, like, like you said, everybody wants to be the ruler of said kingdom, mm-hmm. right? But at the same time, there's it's also a time when there's so much honor and loyalty that I mean, look at John being a bastard, right? He comes back to the north, and they already they name him king of the north. You know, they follow him. The Mormons are so loyal that. Um, I forget her name. Uh, Leanna Mormont. Yeah, it's like yeah. Leanna Mormont. Yeah. yeah, she stands up for him, and she somehow rallies everybody else, like together, to stand with him again. And then John is just, you know, so inspirational, whatever, motivational that he's able to make everybody look past the, the uh, mistakes made by like the fathers of the Car Starks and the Umbers. Mm-hmm. You know, and now they're all band together again. I don't know. There's, I can see what you're saying. Everybody like, can quickly turn and like band together, and everybody wants to the biggest piece of the pie for the respective pie. But at the same time, there's so much loyalty and honor there. Like I, it's kind of hard to see everybody stand up and go against each other like that. And I also think that's a problem for a future game of Thrones show. You know, for this one, I think it'd be, it'd be nice to see them reinvent the wheel. Like that's been Daenerys's mantra is to change the way the world is shaped really she didn't want to just rule the iron throne she wanted to change the way it was ruled the seven kingdoms i mean westeros because well, with like aegon was the conqueror right and yep. didn't he he was the one that brought all the seven kingdoms together to yep. be one ruler over them all yeah exactly. so it'd be kind of poetic in the end to see a targaryen kind of like undo the last targaryens or another aegon targaryen hey. come through and end that kind of reign and split it back up you know how it used yep. to be Daenerys is not making it to the end, so you can take her out of the <laughs> equation. No, no, I like that for sure. Can we talk about John real quick? Because I think that it's people are underestimating how much him finding out that he's a Targaryen is going to change him. See, I don't think so. I don't think that's going to change his motivations at all. He's at, he's died already once. He realized that the real threat is in the Night King and the Army of the Dead. He has no intentions of going for the Iron Throne. He was reluctant to even kneel for Daenerys because he has no interest in fighting even for the Iron Throne. He just wants to fight against the dead because he knows that's the real threat. So I don't think him finding out that he's the rightful heir to the throne is going to actually make him want the throne because his whole life he's had to fight for everything he's earned. 
He's gone through a lot. Like he's had to fight the most battles on screen, and he's shown to be a formidable warrior. Some have criticized him of having plot armor and being a little too skilled. I disagree there. I mean, you gotta have him make it to the end. He might die in season eight, but that's not what we're talking about. No, yeah, I don't think he's gonna want the throne more. I think he'll only want it if he's ruling with Daenerys. I think because I think now he's fallen in love with her. And that's the only way he'll want to rule is if he's by her side like that. It'll be interesting to see how they... Because we got, like, what, five minutes of their relationship, really, when they were smashing? Like, that's it. <laughs> so we don't really know what the relationship is, is going to be like. Because in the past, she's... And I use the quotations, been with people, um, where she kind of just manipulates them into giving her sex. And, like, so... I'm referring to uh, Dario Dario Naharis, where yeah. she just like she was smashing him, she was getting his counsel, but then she just left him behind. Mm-hmm. It really seemed like she was like into him and whatever, and he was talking about marrying her at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, when she wanted, when she was telling him that he was staying behind, he was like, "I would want to marry you. Like, let me be the one that stands beside you." Even and before she, that. Yeah, but and then when, when she, she was leaves, talking about marrying the other guy from the noble house, oh yeah, she yeah, almost yeah. fed to her dragon. That's true. Yeah, when they yeah, were yeah. in bed together, she was. He Sons said, of the like, harpy guy. Yeah. 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 But um, but yeah, like like you said, it's been more so. She's been with people just for manipulation or to get what she needed and wanted. Because yeah. it was like um, when she left, she said. It didn't even bother her that she, mm-hmm. like, was telling him bye. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Telling him he had to stay. And what and I was getting at was that she, like, she was with Cal Drogo. She loved Cal Drogo eventually. Like, yeah. she learned to love him. And you could tell at the end that she really, like, she would have been with Cal Drogo forever if he would have lived. For sure. They did him so. dirty in and season same thing, one. And same thing with John. He would have stayed with Egret. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess that could kind of be uh, uh, something that would tell you how it's going. Because he could have slept with... Uh, Melisandre. The red woman. Yeah. She uh, put it out there yeah. very obviously. And he could have, but he said no. Like She really wanted to see like who he was as a person. Mm-hmm. Because that's one thing that's super interesting about her character is that you don't know what she actually does know and what she doesn't know. Yeah. We know almost nothing about her, but she seems to know everything. Mm-hmm. Or she gives off the air that yeah. she knows everything. Also, I feel like the Red Priests definitely know more than I feel like they've let on to everything. Like for example, like they apparently know a lot about Varys. Everybody that Varys talks mm. to that's a red priest seems to basically say he's going to die. Or yeah. like, we know you're a snake kind of deal. So there's also like, I've saw, I've seen like people talking about, or I've heard people talking about Varys betraying Daenerys in the end somehow. Mm. Maybe going back to Cersei, but I don't know. Uh. I, I don't can really see that either. I feel like Varys has found his place with Tyrion kind of deal. Like I yeah. feel like Varys and Tyrion are kind of inseparable. They're going to follow somebody together in a sense but um i don't think really melisandre was like trying to test john i feel like she was trying to manipulate him as the next because she's trying to find the uh the next um prince that was yeah promised the prince there. that was promised she thought it was stannis then it turned out it wasn't him so she just hopped on john. yeah exactly believe Which, the name is azora high if I yeah yeah um did she was she trying to get with John before he was resurrected or after? I think it was before, before. right? Stannis was still alive, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stannis yeah. was there. Yeah. yeah. John says it. He's like, what do you think the king will have to say yeah. about this? Wild. <laughs> yeah. Straight so. savage. She's like, he doesn't have to find out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like once Stannis died, her character really took a spin, mm-hmm. too. Right? So, 
So just to loop that all back around, they're gonna have to explore Daenerys and Jon's relationship, obviously. Yeah. So it'll it'll be cool to see what direction they go in with that because it could go either way. In the trailer, she's like turning her back to him when they have the fire. There's yeah. Like that fire scene, and she has her right. back turned to him, and he walks away. Up. Yeah, I, I was so. wondering if that was maybe when they find out, like that's after they find out that mm. he's like Aegon Targaryen. But then I was also thinking maybe that's after they find out that the dragon's been reborn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's like, yeah. like she says so much in the show, mother of dragons, those are her babies, right? So it's kind of crazy to think like one of your children have come back down, it's going to yeah. be fighting against you. You got to take it down. So yeah. I wonder if just one... Um, dragon glass spear would take that out though, because like it's supposed to kill whites in like one shot, right? The dragon, dragon glass, glass spear. Well, the oh no, yeah, yeah. So they got he got um, Drogon got hit by one of the ballista's arrows and it didn't kill him. So right, but so they have very heavy armors. What yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, I guess the dragon glass maybe really dragon glass would, it. Though, that thing's gonna be hard to kill. Uh-huh, yeah, well, if that the, thing's that easy, ice dragon. It's gonna be Drogon that'll kill him. I you think. think so. Yeah. I think there's going to be a nice dragon battle. And I think he's going to kill the other dragon, John's dragon. The Viserion oh, is the dragon that got turned right. to the ice dragon, for lack of a better term, Rhaegel. I think. He's going to kill Rhaegel, yeah. and then Drogon will kill him. I think only Drogon makes it out alive. There's going to be some sick dragon fights. Like I oh. totally see it happening in my head right now. Like They're fighting like in, in the north, and there's like... Like, the Night King and Jon are fighting, but then in the background, two mm-hmm. dragons are going at it. Like, that would be so sick. That's the first time we've ever seen that on yeah. TV, ever. Even in movies, when's the last time you've seen that on screen? Aragon. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it literally a, that's brings a trash Aragon movie vibes. Too. Yeah. But at the same time, these dragons look so much better, mm-hmm. too. Like, I don't know. It's not even accurate, because he's not fighting another dragon in Aragon, but that's okay. Fighting, yeah, he's Not like riding a shadow, a shadow or something. Shadow. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a sick teaser at the end of that. I like, know, what <laughs> yeah. a cliffhanger! Yeah, the Avril Lavigne song to end it out there. No, nah, I don't that. remember that oh. one, but sick no. movie. Seen it like twice, but it's okay. But back to what you said though about Varus, I think he's gonna play a big role as well because it's true. They keep hinting, and yeah. he's, has he told the story of how he got cut? I think so. Yeah, yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Like some crazy like priest or something like that. Or yeah. not priest, but uh, like just magic man, yeah. you know what I mean? But basically I think there's more a, to that story, though. Warlock, yeah, right? well, because, yeah, he, he tells the story, but he leaves some stuff out. Mm-hmm. And he even says that he leaves some stuff out, you know? Yeah. And then when he meets the first red priest, where Tyrion and Varys are trying to like get her to get like her little the minions people. to go around and like tell stories of Daenerys mm-hmm. and how she's amazing. Like, she says stuff to Varys that kind of leads on that she knows more about him yeah. than than he knows about himself in a way. You and know? she so. even says at the end of, well, in season seven, that she's leaving Westeros, but that she said that she's going to have to come back because she needs to die in Westeros, as does yeah. he. I'm talking about an earlier Red Priest. Right, no, I know, I know yeah, which yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Red Priest but yeah, about, but Melisandre I'm saying Melisandre I wonder, hints at that. Yeah, I wonder what her role is going to be. Like, where is she going and what's she bringing back? Because yeah. there's no reason for her to leave unless she's bringing something back in my eyes. So I don't know, maybe more red priests come by. Mm-hmm. They take she, over the throne. She's a really cool character because we know nothing about her, really. No, we don't like, know. We know that she's like some kind of old woman that yeah. wears the gem, but like other than that, we know nothing about her. Mm-hmm. So it'd be cool to see her. Like I hope she comes back fairly early and like that they like kind of give us more info as to like what she's all about. Like what's her deal? I yeah, I feel like there will be like a, a hint of like Tyrion. Varys or Daenerys will will say something about like how 
you know, Melisandre was the one that told me to meet with you and stuff. Because they haven't mentioned that yet. They haven't even mm-hmm. mentioned Melisandre to John no. and to Davos at all. But I feel like that'll be mentioned. And then, you know, it'll be kind of like, obviously, she'll never be fully forgiven by Davos. But I feel like there'll be like a uh, uh, clean slate almost. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they'll they'll forget kind of what's happened. They won't want to, they won't want her head the next time she no. shows up. Yeah, she'll show up Davos- in some way. Fucking yeah, yeah, he, he wants went her off. dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Another cool character progression is Davos, but is it though? I think so. I mean, dude. I think he's an okay character. He hasn't really changed that much, in my opinion. He's a poor man's Tyrion, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah. Because For he's sure. like he's typically like one of the smarter people in the room, which he's progressed into being because like he 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 interacts well with people, and he gets the information out of people. He's good at extracting information. He's a smuggler, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like the coolest part of his character arcs we didn't even see because they happened before. Like, like, mm-hmm. like it would have been cool to see him how he became be a the smuggler. Knight. Yeah, like that would have been cool to see, but there was I feel already too much going on in like the early seasons Who knows? to interject that. In he there. might get his own spinoff series, Davos the Onion Knight. Who knows? Well, again, another so. similarity between Davos and Tyrion. <laughs> oh my god, that's something I don't want to yeah. see. Another comparison with Davos and Tyrion. The smuggler, right? Like Tyrion, it's like smuggled women back into uh, Castle Rock all yeah. the time, right? They both have like that kind of similarity right. too there. So poor man's Tyrion or rich man's Onion Knight, whichever you prefer. <laughs> that was a Reed Richards type stretch there, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Fantastic for those who aren't. <laughs> yeah, I did not catch no, that. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> on that topic though, so I asked you all similarly to episode 12 where I had you on for the MCU Later episode, great episode. Go check it out. Um, prepare a possible spin-off series, which we're gonna, which HBO has already begun producing in the First Men and the White Walkers origin story. So we know that story is gonna be told, possibly even as soon as next year. So I'm super excited to see that. Like we talked about this episode, that's something people love about Game of Thrones is the White Walker. Every time they show up on screen, you know something's gonna happen. It's gonna be interesting, mysterious. So I'm super pumped for that one. So I asked you guys to prepare a quick little spin-off series you'd like to see told, maybe revolving around a character already in the a Song of Fire and Ice series, Game of Thrones, or a completely different story in a different setting we haven't seen yet. Um, who wants to kick us off? I'll go first because it looks like Mr. Smallwood's not prepared. <laughs> All right. He's going to live up to the great name of his house. <laughs> I'd like to see uh, the story of the fall of Valyria told, like where there's the grayscale comes into play. Like we haven't really heard too much about Valyria and how that came to be. Like they have their Valyrian steel, which is like one of the most important objects or uh, metals in Game of Thrones. Even but the language. Yeah, like they no. play like they have so much effect on things that have happened so long after they've gone. So I want to know more about that. And the reason why like, I was drawn to that is because if you look at other successful works of fiction, they always tell, like they usually go to like a prequel story. Star Wars did it. Um, Breaking Bad did it. Like The Hobbit, yep. that was a prequel. So they usually do go in the past to tell stories that they've already kind of planted the seed. And I just feel like it would be a cool story to tell because it's so separate from the events that are happening, but it still affected them, you know? Like, it wouldn't be a regurgitation of a story that's already been told. That's why I don't want to see, like, a, a Baratheon um, 
usurpation. Is that, uh, is, is Robert's that a word? Rebellion. Yeah, 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 the Robert's Rebellion. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to see that because we already know what's gonna happen. Like, I don't want. I don't want to have a show centered around that. Mm-hmm. I can. I, I'd be okay seeing it in a show because it would be a sick fight to see. But I don't want it to be centered around that because it'd be anticlimactic already knowing what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. For me, I like. So the first Men and everything like that, the series that's supposedly coming out within like the next year, hopefully, right? Like that's the first. No, one? it's confirmed. It's, it's okay, coming. okay, it's confirmed. but like that's like the first one coming out, right? Yep, yep. Okay. Um. So how deep are they going into that one? Do we know? Like Children I'm of the Forest. Pretty sure kind of it's deal? gonna be seeing the first Men and the Children of the Forest begin by fighting each other a little because that's what they did back in the day. Right, and then disputes. Children of the Forest taking the, one of the first men, creating the White Walkers, yes. trying to fight them. And, and then, then having the two of them right. unite together and fight the greater threat okay. that we're going to see in this season. But, like, is it going to go as far as, like, uh, Bran the Builder making the wall? Possibly. Like, I'd like to see that. I hope I would like do. to see that, too. And I'd also like to yeah. see the kind of, like, the creation of the three-eyed raven. Mm. But um, He could be injected in that series, for yeah, sure. Well, so that's not going to be your be. spinoff. No, yeah. But, yeah. No, but um, the, the spinoff <laughs> I'd like to see is, is like, the, the conquering of Westeros. Like, the Targaryens. Like, we, we hear so much. It's kind of, like, goes with, like, the Valyria and stuff like that. Like, we hear so much about it. Yeah. But we never really get to see like what it was, except for when they they row through it and they talk about like how it was like the yeah. greatest city ever. But I'd like to see like the Targaryens because I talk about them as being like almost like the greatest house ever, like mm-hmm. the most threatening one. And to kind of see like a uh, Aegon the Conqueror like actually conquer the throne, see like the Iron Throne actually be created, kind of like it would end on that kind of note mm-hmm. with like the throne finally being like melted together, kind of yeah. deal. Um, but that's the spinoff I would want to see is, is all the Targaryens seeing how it was before the wheel was created and then seeing them create the wheel. Yeah. No, it's solid for sure. Aegon the Conqueror. I really hope they do tell that story. Valyria as well. That's really interesting because they could have dragons in both those stories and people for love sure. dragons. They did have dragons in Valyria. Yeah. No. Like, it's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah. Like, it was like dogs back then. Yeah, exactly. So for my series... I think this will be better received than my previous Heimdall suggestion from the MCU <laughs> universe. So I took a character from the Game of Thrones series that was given a brief introduction into the series and was killed as quickly as he was introduced. And that would be the homie Oberyn Martell. And see more of his story, possibly starting off in Dorne, just refusing to be given the Prince of Dorne title, running away from his duties as a part of a noble house and then getting to travel around the world as far as the story is concerned it could even be centered around him seeking um, specific poisons to kill the mountain that would be his motivation to travel and discover different sorceries uh, poisons like i said and yeah just have him just roam around essos that's where i would want the story to be centered not in westeros because that's a whole other continent that we've only been given a brief glimpse into with Daenerys going through it and Tyrion as well I think that'd be cool to see because he was a very beloved character and I think everyone was shocked when we saw him get killed by the mountain that was a character that as soon as he declared for Tyrion I think most of us thought that we'd assume that he would make it out alive that Tyrion wasn't going to die and that Oberyn was obviously going to kill the mountain that's what I thought was going to happen yeah for sure and he's a character that in the books he really wasn't a fleshed out character at all. He was just there to introduce the Martell children plot that the mountain had killed Elia Martell and her kids or Rhaegar's kids with her. Mm-hmm. 
but the actor brought so much life into that character that he became a fan favorite just off that one season. For sure. I just don't know if there's enough to... Like, how, how long are these spinoffs supposed to be going? Are they supposed to be going multiple seasons? I think seasons they're just, or just one, one season, season, like, mini-series. Okay, well... Yeah, I don't it's, see it's, that, man. I, I don't either. I just don't so think it's enough. it's another doll. Damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that it's a cool idea because of when, like, that could happen. And they could inject your series, Connor's series, into Eric's series. Because... But no. I think my, my series is way before. It's, it's like way before. Way before, before Oberyn. Okay, sorry. Maybe I misspoke <laughs> here. But I seem to recall someone saying that they wanted to see the Rhaegar or the the Targaryen invasion uniting the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah. Well, That's... you could start with that and then kind of progress and then have it so that that ends. And then he would kind of jump in. I don't know. I don't really like any of your ideas. And I was just trying to be. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, like it's again with that story. Uh, with Connor's stories, that that's something that we've kind of already glimpsed over, and we don't. Yeah, really it's been like, talked about yeah. for sure. Like, that's the thing. I feel like we know the been, outcome of it. Yeah, I don't think um, it's been talked about as much as like the rebellion, though, which is the only thing. Like, rebellion, well, we know like scene by scene exactly. what happens. Like, yeah. the, I would love to see it live action, oh, like me too. See, see it play out and stuff. But we we know like all the different parts. We know who no. kills who. We know what happens at that tower there with. My man Howland Reed and and Ned Stark and we we know we know that almost step by step. You'd be mm-hmm. watching that show and being like, okay, this is gonna happen here. Throw some mirrors going here. through with his fire sword here. Yeah, they exactly. Talked about specific scenes exactly, that happened. Exactly. So for sure. Whereas with Valera, we really don't hear anything about it other than its name being mentioned and like where they like ride through it once they're on the boat. Exactly, but we we really don't even see much of it then. Like we just see that one kind of waterway there Mm -hmm. but then yeah like where the grayscale came from why the fall actually of valeria actually happened and everything um why they came over to kind of like westeros right um and then like with with my spinoff i think there is still more like to talk about but like you said it's touched on a lot more than valeria one thing that i think would be super cool that i would love to see is if they made a series that starts with like a, a younger westeros where these houses have not established their foothold on the land. Like, it'd be cool to see a House Lannister evolve into the great lion that, that yeah, we know. Yeah, for sure. It'd be cool to see a House Stark, like, they've been around for a lot longer, so we probably wouldn't see them in their younger age. Mm-hmm. But, like, so the Lannisters, uh, the Tyrells, all of those, like, the Baratheons. Mm-hmm. Like, it would just be cool to see how the modern society was molded and what kind of things that their ancestors had to go through to become, like, the richest family in Westeros, the most yeah. powerful in the Vale. Like, the Knights of the Vale are the most revered in the land or whatever they say. Yeah. Like, it would be cool to see that kind of be erected into yeah. life. Yeah. And that would all be brand new characters because we're going mm-hmm. back a couple of hundred years there. So, well, for yeah, like, sure, I that would be interesting to see. I think the origin of the Starks will kind of be shown in... The first spinoff series we yeah. see here, because I mean they're supposed to be like eight thousand years old mm-hmm. in that house, so I think that's going to be one that well, they we go see all the way back to the first men, exactly. So, yeah. so the blood of the first men, right? Yeah. So yeah. I definitely think that's a house we're going to see. But like you said, like how, wh- where's the separation of like houses? Like who decides suddenly? Okay, we're going to be Baratheons. You know what I mean? So when they start sleeping with their siblings, probably <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but that might even be egg on the. Yeah, the conqueror who decides who's who and who gets what portions. We don't really know. They don't. They don't touch on that as much as they have with the rebellion. Yeah, that's why they're not gonna do the rebellion. They've already said right. It. Yeah, 
One God. cool thing for the Rebellion, though, would be to have it from another character's point of view, like maybe even from like a Tywin Lannister's point of view, that he's the protagonist for that series, and that he's actually fighting against Robert and fighting on the Targaryen side, who we perceive them as being the villains in that story, that Robert's rebelling to free his wife-to-be, right? That's what the whole Rebellion right. was based on. So to know the outcome, we know that it wasn't actually... Um, Rhaegar who kidnapped Lyanna, they're in love. But seeing it from another point of view would probably be a, a better way to give us that story, I think, than just have it from Robert's point of view because yeah. we know he doesn't have all the facts. Well, yeah, like, I mean, what the show does so well is it combines, like, five different storylines in, different in, points in, in one too. story, right? So yeah. I feel like doing, like, I know they're not going to do it, but if they did a Robert's Rebellion thing, like, they would show all the yeah, story of points of, course. Of, of everybody. And again, like, I think that's something with the, uh, like, Aegon, like, the Conqueror. I feel like they could show so many different story points there, too. Like, uh, storylines with all the houses fighting against him, first of all, right? Because he, what does he do? He takes the swords and kills, the like, the heads of uh, the lords of the Seven Kingdoms, takes their swords, and that's how he melts them into the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how it's created. Um, so, I don't know. I, I would just more so like to know, like, how the houses like started out, who decided what. I think the Targaryens come after that's already settled because then they come over, is it Dragonstone that they land at? They come from Valyria, they go to Dragonstone, they take over Dra- build and take over Dragonstone. Mm-hmm. And then he decides, okay, I'm going to mess everybody up with these dragons and like rule the whole Westeros. Yeah. Right? So. So you guys, just to clarify, you guys don't want to see where Oberyn got his poisons <laughs> from? Uh, no? no, I think I'm good. All right. Well, now I'm going to get into some fan questions I got yesterday from a couple of people. So I'll start off with my bro, Young Z, asks, anything romantic happening between Arya and Gendry? Which I didn't even I think was gonna of, bring but that I up. love that. When I was talking about Gendry earlier, I was going to say, what about a Gendry and Arya Stark like, yeah, relationship happening? I could see it personally. For sure, for sure. Well, and going back to when Robert, first episode, talking to Ned, saying, we'll join our houses... It never actually happens. They never actually join their houses. First of all, um, Joffrey's not even a Baratheon yeah, to exactly. begin with. So even if they did marry, they would never have joined their houses officially, right? So seeing Gendry, who's a true Baratheon now, you know, um, now joining hands with, with Arya, right? Power there you couple. Go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. There you go. That's bringing the houses together. That'd yeah. be huge. Yeah, I'd like to see that happen too. What are your thoughts on that, Diggy? That's a cool idea, and like you said, like it would be a great way to kind of wrap it up and to kind of call back to two beloved characters, more so Ned, but mm-hmm. Robert was also a homie. Yeah, he was a beauty. <laughs> he was a beauty. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it'd be cool to see. I just, I'm not sure if that's something that's going to really be on their radar because there's so much conflict going on. Yeah, there's so much other stuff going yeah, on all like, the time. But they might be fighting like side by side and then, yeah. you, I, know, I, you I know also, how that shit go. <laughs> I, I <laughs> really don't. <laughs> yeah. I just also can't see the them ending the show with like wedding after wedding, like all of a sudden houses join. Like, yeah. I couldn't see Daenerys and Jon both living and then, you know, getting married or something. I couldn't see, and then all of a sudden Gendry and Arya are getting married too. It's like, that's way too like mm-hmm. happy ending. What's going on here? So... Maybe I, not actually see the weddings, yeah, but, um, no, but hint just at like, that. Yeah, um, yeah, they I don't think need to jump like that'd no. be a hella jump. For, for yeah. But I think um, we'll see a little bit of John and Egret esque action going on, perhaps between Gendry and Arya, or more so like um, 
a simpler romance, almost like a more like innocent one where like they just become like hella tight, like mm. friends. Like which they already are. Like, yeah, but just like you taking said, a like, step forward. Yeah, but like you said, like fighting back to back yeah. and stuff like that. Kylo Ren Ray style. Yeah. No? <laughs> um, so a rich man's version of that. It, it, yeah. <laughs> so I could I could see that happening for sure. And yeah. I actually would love to see that happen. Yeah. No, me too. It'd be a cool way to interject Gendry into like the, the story too. And it'd be cool to just kind of see. Because last time they spoke, she was still very young, mm-hmm. naive. She was still a child. So he obviously didn't see her in that light. She may have seen him, but we didn't. We weren't privy to that. Yeah. But it would just be kind of cool for her to like just roll up, yeah, and take it would out actually some White Walkers, and they'd be like, "God damn, yeah. they, they haven't seen each other yet, right?" They, and like, it kind of ties into like even Hot Pie when he sees her in yeah. season seven, he tells hey. like, "Oh, you're pretty." Yeah, oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I can't believe I thought you were a boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, called back to those days, and then Gendry sees her. Well, like, you know? yeah, it's kind of cool. It's suddenly like the the gangs back together yeah. from Aaron Hall, right? Like, yeah. it's it's pretty sick. Um, but. I think I don't know. Do you think first episode there's just like hella reunions at Winterfell kind of deal? Mm-hmm, I think so. Don't waste any time. Just where's, where's get those Gendry reunions right point? away. Is Gendry? At, he's, he's either on the his, boat or no, he's, he's not. He, he was East going Watch. with them, right? He was with them because they flew back to they flew back all flew back to Eastwatch and then they sailed yeah. away. Yeah, I don't know if he went to King's Landing actually with everyone when they went to bring the white to King's Landing. I don't yeah, think I don't he's know. there. I, but I don't. So he might still be at Eastwatch. I don't know. I feel he, like he would have traveled with Davos. Maybe, yeah. but like obviously he's not important enough to show up there. No, right? So was he not there walking with them? He might have been like as a background character. He doesn't get to interact with anyone because he doesn't really have no, any other have a relationships no. with these people. I'm not sure. Because I think he goes. I'm pretty sure he's in a scene there with them, and Davos tells him to stay low or something. Maybe, yeah. Because Cersei might still want him dead yeah. to find out he's a. There's another Robert question. Bastard. Do you think he's? A bastard? Or do you think he's the a trueborn from like the only trueborn Baratheon of Robert Baratheon and Cersei? Do you think because like like every like people think that maybe she lied about that, but then when she says it to Robert, like he never denies her right. of um, having a son, a black-haired son. So I mean, it'd be better because it would make him a legitimate Baratheon. That's what I was thinking too. When for I said the it earlier. house's continuity down yeah. the road, it'd be better. But I don't know. I kind of like that. Cersei only has her three kids. She's not gonna have her fourth one because I hope she. Anyway, I just hope she dies. <laughs> <laughs> they give her the Rob Stark wife treatment, you know. Tough. Um, tough. <laughs> Can't even call her name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah. So it's all good. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. I'm really not sure. Can't speculate on that fan theory myself. I feel like that's a lot to throw in, like, one... So because many, that's, so that's many, an obscure oh, reference to... Oh, you're a Baratheon. They've already done that with Jon, too. Yeah. That's so what that's saying. why I, like, kind of hope they don't do that. Like, how I like would they confirm that, too? Like, how would they confirm that he is actually Cersei and Robert's kid? Bran just hops in there. Yeah, no, exactly. Three-eyed raven interjection. But at the same... And, like, if they do win... Like the Game of Thrones and the War of like the Living and the Dead, there they'll just like royal decree him as a true Baratheon. Mm. You know yeah, what exactly. I mean? Like, yeah, I'd like to see that more than to actually have him yeah, be Cersei's yeah. son. I'd rather them declare him yeah. a Baratheon than for sure. The same. only person who can confirm that at this point is probably Cersei, anyways. So yeah, yeah, because fuck Bran, stick him in the goddamn tree. <laughs> no, dog, I feel like he's one a... of the only characters we haven't talked about, and I'm okay with it. I feel, I feel like he's irrelevant. gonna come around, bro. I feel like he's gonna go from that dull. Three-eyed Raven to more of like a personable mm. character who's like seeing a lot more. So the next question I got was, uh, 
from Bassam Issa, hey. friend of the program. Hey. Yeah, actually had a couple of questions. So of course he did. Will there finally be a sibling fight between the Cleganes? How would it lead into that? And at the end, which Clegane will die? Clegane Bull. Um, Confirmed. It's happening. Yeah, for sure. for sure. And I think that goes back to your what you were saying, Diggy, about how that's going to happen. The fight for the throne is going to happen after a conflict with the White Walkers. Because there's no way at this point where... Like, there's not enough time to see a Clegane Bull before fighting the White Walkers. No, because so, they're not going to go back to King's Landing, fight there, then and, come back. Clearly, Cersei isn't moving any of her forces... No too far north right so the hound has plot armor throughout like half the uh season because he's we're gonna get clegane bowl for sure yeah for sure i'm okay with it though yeah who's I'm dying stoked. though that's another one of his questions who's dying gotta be know. the mountain no one wants to see the hound get killed by the mountain yeah it might be both of them man like because that's gonna be like fucking brutal yeah. you think something comes around with fire between the two Ooh. of them in a fight, some but then fire the hound overcomes his fear of That's fire to kill his brother. I think so. I I could see him. Beric Dungarian dies hey. to the mountain. The, <laughs> the 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 hound grabs his flaming sword. That'd be sick. I'd it's be on gonna board be for that. so interesting to see because the hound hasn't seen the mountain in like how many seasons? No, no, right? he saw him at the finale. They oh, meet. He goes yeah. right up in his grill. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. me. It's like it's not even him anymore. No, he he's, no, Are you it's still you. Even in there, yeah, right? he, he says no. It's you're still in there. He yeah. knows. But uh, yeah, that yeah, I forgot about that. God That's gonna damn. be insane. I I don't know. I kind of feel like, and then I kind of feel like um, that kind of fight. Like I feel like a Brianna Tarth is gonna somehow show up. Just in swoop it. in no, there. No, for and... sure. Like she already beat the hound. Yeah. She I always gets to kill major characters. She yeah. kills Stannis. We thought she killed the hound. And we saw like their their kind of reunion there mm-hmm. at yeah. King's Landing. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe maybe Brienne and the Hound both take on a the nice mountain. Two v one. Yeah, because I'm like the mountain's a like he's a, a monster. Yeah. That's a tall mountain to climb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't matter who you are. Like the oh. Hound's obviously a beast too, but like even he like, lost to Brienne. Like come on. Even like so. a Hound torment Brienne versus hey, the mountain. Hey, like hey, a Thanos Iron love Man triangle. Cap <laughs> Thor. That'd be unreal. A little civil war. Yeah. More end game, but yeah, yeah. Anyways, I didn't hear what you said at the end. I just the uh, Thor Cap Iron Man versus Thanos. I didn't oh, see spoiler I, alert! <laughs> if you haven't seen the trailer yet. Oh, God by the, by this point, people have seen uh, yeah, it. Dog. If you haven't, go see it because it's sick. I didn't hear the Thanos at the end, mm. so yeah. You're but, much more of a Thanos. Uh, <laughs> You're much more of a mountain. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I see. I can see the Hound dying, but the mountain's gone. The mountain's yeah, like already the mountain. basically dead. As yeah, it is. no, he, so just he's, finish him he's, off, man. He's, dying he's for just sure. an executioner. But at this I could, point. I could see the hound like, almost like that's fulfilling his purpose in the show. That's why he didn't die was mm. to was to kill the mountain. Like mm-hmm. they kind of both came back from the dead, yep. right? The mountain should have died against Oberyn. He got brought back by Kyburn, and the hound should have died too, and then he just somehow survived. So. Mm-hmm. What would be so empowering to see is if like. At the end, right when, like, let's say that the, the mountain gets, like, wounded, but he's not actually dead. And then, like, the hound walks up to him and, like, forgives him for, like, everything that he's done. And he just kind of puts him out of his misery at that point. Because you know the mountain's not having a good time in there mm. where he is right now. Like, the man should have died oh, for sure. a long yeah. time ago. So he's probably, like, in pain and he's just, anyways, he's all fucked up in there. So I feel like 
the hound like might kind of come around and be like i'm gonna put you out of your misery and like i kind of forgive you like i'm moving on now you know like Man, that'd be cool to see yeah in season seven when you start actually seeing his eyes and stuff like that and more close-ups of him They're like you see purple. just how messed up yeah. he is man yeah. so they can't i can't see them having any meaningful interactions though that would make him want to forgive him i think he just wants to kill him at this point there's not going to be any depth in their interactions i don't think what about in Arya stark and uh hound, hound versus the mountain mm, that'd be sick too it'll be interesting to see how many more people she crosses off her She's gonna, list well there's just cersei in the mountain at this point because she basically she could have right? yeah, she yeah. could have killed the hound but she didn't want no, to No, the hound's off her list yeah, She's basically yeah. forgiven him. so i'd love to see a hound and Arya fight against the mountain that'd be yeah. unreal see that's the thing now on Arya's list the old age avengers but Arya just Arya just has cersei in the mountain on her list so is she gonna get to cross off one of those names that's another reason i'd love to see her kill cersei as well even though they haven't had interactions lately at all obviously since season one I feel like she doesn't cross those two off. I don't know. Maybe the mountain she crosses off. I can't see her killing Cersei. There's too many people against Cersei for that to happen. So on that topic, if someone else kills Cersei other than, let's say, like, Jaime, because he's the only one that kind of is still in her, like, favor, um, do you think he's... How is he going to react to that? Is he going to, like, be mad? Is he going to, like, go after the person that might kill her? That's why I think he has to do it. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like there's still, like, that kind of love there where whoever kills... Her, like he's gonna hold a grudge against like even when Joffrey died right like he hated Tyrion for a period because yeah. he thought it was Tyrion yeah. you know he didn't want to believe it but he did kind of think it was Tyrion and you know he said that the, the next time he saw him he would like take his head no that was because he killed Tywin not yeah. Joffrey oh, sorry. he knew that he didn't yeah kill sorry Joffrey, Tywin yeah. but yeah so for that right but um so I could see him like hating whoever would kill Cersei which is a gr- again why I think he's gonna do it and then I think he's gonna hate himself for doing it and they're just both gonna mm. die yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Romeo Juliet, man. That's how it's gonna end for those two. Tyrion lives the side of Daenerys and John, but we'll have to wait and see for April fourteenth to find out. So I think that's a good way to cut it there. So guys, thanks a lot for joining me. It's super fun. I might catch up again for a recap of season eight when the dust settles, and uh, yeah, we'll see if TV is still for us at that point. What else is there gonna be to watch after that? We don't know, but. We're looking forward for season eight. And um, guys, thanks a lot for listening. Um, like I said, again, thanks a lot for joining me again, Diggy and uh, Lord Smallwood. <laughs> Valamorgules. <laughs> Valadarhares. So yeah, stay tuned for episodes dropping every two weeks. Thanks for listening. Peace.